Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Welcome to another edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show. I am your host, the Twitterless heroine herself, ring announcer to the stars, Miss Fancy Pants, the most professional podcaster, the pop punk princess, and most importantly, the queen of soft style, million dollar Miranda Morales, your host of the Hashtag Miranda Show, which you can find exclusively on TheChairShot.com 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 Always use your head. I am being joined, as always, by my co-host. He is the producer of the Hashtag Miranda Show. Kingpin of TheChairShot.com The Unstoppable One. He's also the king of shit takes. And if you didn't know, he's also a wrestling promoter. The one and only Greg DeMarco. I guess that wrestling promoter thing applies more heavily today. Yes. Yeah, I, I did also forget to mention the reverend part. I haven't used that. Oh, yeah, yet. that's right. <laughs> in, a, in a while. The reverend Greg DeMarco. It is. I thought I, I was, you know, I, I think, I, you know how you do your whole thing? Um, your own spiel of your own nicknames? Yes, yes. I feel like right before Million Dollar Miranda Morales, you should say, podcasting for two. You know, they always joke, oh, she's eating for two. She's whatever, like podcasting for two. So add that to your list. Yes, adding to the list, podcasting for two, me and the baby who's still in my belly, still here. Still, still, Um, still, still kicking. Literally. Still kicking. We got at least still got some time to go. Uh, Edging on the end of the second trimester. Yeah. So be starting the third trimester very soon. And then the real stuff happens. And then life as you know it is over. And it's over. Yes. But we're not going to focus on that today. No. Today, we're going to be talking about IZW Impact Zone Wrestling's Red, White, and Bruised that happened this past Saturday, November 11th, at the Grand Avenue Pizza Company in Glendale, Arizona. The final IZW show of 2023 has come and gone, and we are going to be going over the entire card. Yes, VIP, main shows, title matches, main event, big announcements, all of that happened at Red white and bruised and so we're going to be recapping the entire show on today's episode of the hashtag miranda show very excited to do that if you missed out well you missed, you missed on out. a very historic big night uh but don't fret 
We'll be covering it for you. This is also a good time to let you know you don't want to miss out on the very first show uh, of 2024 for IZW. February 24th, Monster is coming your way. So make sure to get your tickets for Monster. Greg, what's the ticket situation happening right now for Monster? So, you know, it's funny because Red, White, and Bruce was just – it's Tuesday today and Red, White, and Bruce was just Saturday and like mm-hmm. – Normally, I'm tracking. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, we're selling VIP tickets and, you know, oh, half of them are gone or whatever. We sold every single VIP ticket live and in person on Saturday night, which we've never done before. Um, last time we set a record for the most that we sold back in September. And and the first time I went to the door to check where we were, we, we, we'd already surpassed that. And I was like, oh, this is great, you know, and maybe we'll still get a few more. And then we doubled where we were at at that time. And I remember when the door, I gave them a specific number that we could stop at based on this venue. And of course, we're in a different venue next time. And I'm like, all right, we can go a little higher. The setup will be a little bit different. I already have the setup in mind. So we can go to this number. We got to this number and it was like, which I'm glad I increased because when we were initially sold out, there was one very specific, very vocal person who would not have been happy about not getting their tickets. Um, and they get four every single time. So they got their tickets and a couple more. And then by that point, we were truly done. Um, there was just no not a feasible way to add any more. So, yeah, for the first time ever, we sold out of front row VIP. Um, some of them knew people who did not have an email address in the system because we email out the tickets the next day. Uh, mm-hmm. So that means some of the people that that came, came to the venue, um, bought tickets, turned around and, and became, you know, purchasers there to get their tickets for February. So, um, it was good. It was, it was really good. Um, so the ticket situation is good. So second row VIP is now on sale and, and rolling, um, at icwtix.com. So for row VIP all sold out, I, I can't even really squeeze you in, unfortunately. Um, and then second row, that's front row VIP, second row VIP currently on sale. So grab them while you can. Uh, this is definitely our fastest selling event. I remember, I think it was after Regulate where um, I think that that Monday afterwards we ran out of front row VIP. We were still in COVID seating at that time too, by the way. Mm-hmm. So there weren't as much, uh, maybe like half as much. And we sold out a front row VIP that Monday after the event that was on Saturday. So this time, we first time we did it on Saturday. So very happy about that. Very excited. Just a great job by everybody. Um, the performances that they put on, the job everybody did Saturday night, convinced everybody that they had to be there in February. So three months later. So um, I'm super grateful and super excited for that. But yeah, second row VIP is currently on sale. IZWTix.com. Yes. And join IZW at Monster 2024, February 2024 or February 24th. 2024. Right. That's going to be a lot of twos and a lot of fours. I know. Um, at Bull Shooters um, in Phoenix. So a new venue too. What a great way to start off the new year with uh, a classic IZW show, but a new venue. Um, so it's going to be such a great experience. We're going to be talking a little bit more about some of the announcements made for Monster a little bit later on. I don't want to reveal all the things yet. You got to stay tuned for the rest of the show uh, to find out. But, you know, if you want a sneak peek, 
you can go to IZW Wrestling AZ on social media. There we have information about some talent announcements that have been made, as well as the ticket situation. You'll see links to IZWTIX.com so that you can get your second row VIP. And again, make sure you follow IZW on social media so that way you stay in the loop with all of the big match and talent announcements. You definitely want to keep an eye out for all the announcements that are going to be coming out for Monster. That's going to include all of the entrance in Monsters, uh, the Monster Rumble, uh, other matches that are going to be happening. So this is definitely a time where you want to follow IZW on social media because some sure big is. announcements are on its way. Before we head into the review of Red, White, and Brews, you know, I got to do my thing and tell everyone about a place where you can get your IZW and Chairshot t-shirts. So, Greg, mm-hmm. go ahead, do me a favor, and wind it up. It's time! You know it's time. For you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to get your very uh, very own IZW and chair shot t-shirts today. Yes, when you go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, you're going to find a ton of awesome t-shirt designs in support of IZW Impact Zone Wrestling and TheChairShot.com. That includes the Arizona's Best, the NWA design, the NWO design. Uh, the Japanese style, and much, much more of IZW merchandise that you can find, as well as various chair shot t-shirts like the OG chair shot logo, the multiple always use your head shirts. Uh, I tried to fit into my Baron Corbin sucks t-shirt the other day. doesn't fit right now. Not yet. Fingers Not yet. crossed. Once this baby comes out, uh, I'll be able to wear it because <laughs> it's still true. And of course, t-shirts like the queen of soft style and everybody hates Greg. Uh, so go to pro wrestling forward slash the chair shot. You can customize your t-shirts in different colors and different styles, including you guessed it soft style. And with the holidays coming up, it's a great way to give gifts for those, you know, it's a great way to support IZW and the chair whether you are an IZW fan or if you're a fan of the chair shot radio network or know someone who is, Go ahead to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to get your t-shirt today. That is ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. 
break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. So, let's get into it. The review, the deep dive of IZW Red white and brews that happened this past Saturday, November 11th at the Grand Avenue Pizza Company in Glendale, Arizona. A beautiful night weather-wise in Glendale. Great temperatures. It made for an awesome, awesome show. An amazing crowd attendance. Um, Really one of the biggest crowds that IZW's had all year. Um, And it showed you could just feel the energy throughout the entire facility. Um, It was also a great way to honor and recognize our veterans. We did that throughout the night. And so that was kind of a very um, special and extra Mm -hmm. added element to uh, this show. So let's jump into our VIP matches. We are going to start with our first VIP match, which was scheduled to be a four-way match. Damian Desire, Chewy Gonzalez, Stud Bronson, and Mike G. However, prior to the start of the match, Jin Zavani came out. And of those four competitors in that ring, she was able to choose one of those wrestlers to be her tag partner in the following match. So Chris Nasty, her original tag partner that was scheduled for uh, to be her partner uh, for the VIP match tag match, uh, was unable to. Uh, compete so she needed to get a tag partner for her match so she had her choice between Damian Desire Chewy Gonzalez Stud Bronson and Mike G Uh, Jin Savani picked well the one person who actually made an attempt to uh, you know want to be her partner put it on social media put it out there that he wanted to be her partner for her tag match and that was Damian Desire so Damian and Jin left the ring after that and that four-way became a triple threat match so that just left Chewy Gonzalez Stud Bronson and Mike G for that match uh three great competitors debut for Stud Bronson um and of course you have kind of the the I would say the standard of Mike G but Mike G um you know this is his first match after a pretty big brawl with Pete the Heat in Coolidge. So uh, for some people, the last sight they saw of Mike G was him with a, a bloody head. Luckily, he's okay. So good, in fact, that he ended up pulling out the win uh, in this match, but was not without, you know, some some things that happened uh, that, that definitely helped play a role. Um, and that's when Chewy Gonzalez uh, brought out his mask to try and use during the match. Uh, But then Big Money Clutch came out to stop him. 
took the mask. Um, but ultimately, Chewie had another mask <laughs> from underneath the ring. Looks like he has these masks everywhere. Um, and they brawled out. That left Mike G and Stud Bronson in the ring. Mike G with the win, pinning Stud Bronson. Absolutely. So a great way to start. Obviously, people had a great time. Um, Mike G always, you know, a fan favorite, a crowd favorite, um, Marine Corps veteran, which of course was brought up later in the night for him as he was honored as well. But, um, you know, was victorious against Pete in, in October in that street fight and, and did pull out, get the one, two, three over stud Bronson, who was making his debut in IZW and, and had a great showing as well too. So, you know, great way to start things off for our, our VIP uh, which was a large bunch of VIP. I mean, we'd sold out two full rows of VIP, and plus you've got people's guests and all kinds of stuff that are there too. So VIP was, was you know, VIP for, for some, you know, I'm trying to, I don't want to sound mean. That was a full crowd for some shows, the VIP, mm-hmm. the amount of people that VIP yeah. were there. I mean, it was there's over 100 people there just for VIP. So you, you factor that in. I mean, that's more than, than a lot of indie wrestling shows. And this is just for the first three matches. And they were hot, and they were great, and they they – Give a great platform for those wrestling on VIP to perform. So, great way to get started. From there, we have that tag match that featured Damian Desire and Jin Savani versus Can't Stop Jamal and Alice Blair. Uh, both teams worked pretty well together. I mean, of course, you have the team of Can't Stop Jamal and Alice Blair, who've teamed before. Damian Desire and Jin Savani, brand new team, literally put together uh, just minutes before this match, but they had great chemistry. Damian Desire got the win with a pin over. Alice Blair. Uh, so Damien picking, you know, uh, is, was the wise move on Jin's part as far as having a partner that led uh, to success. Um, but great efforts by both teams. It was a great effort by both teams. Originally, this was supposed to be be was termed a love and war match, right? Where two couples fighting each other, as, as um, can't stop Jamal and Alice Blair are, and and Chris and Jen are. Obviously, Chris not being able to be there, things changed a little bit, and it was a standard tag team match. And uh, and yeah, Damian Desire um, win at all costs. It doesn't care who he pins, doesn't care any of that. Um, did pull off the victory for his team. Um, and he's continued his winning ways as well. So very good, uh, showing uh, by everybody seeing Chris or excuse me, can't stop Jamal and Alice Blair come out. It's very different, right? They're coming out together. They, they have teamed before, but it's pretty rare that they've had a chance to team before. And you could just tell like, it, it's, it's weird. Cause in, in this generation of wrestling, it happens more frequently, but before this generation, you would never see a couple teaming up in pro wrestling and there's just a different level of happiness and joy that's associated with it too so i noticed that during their entrance just just you could you know can't hide that level of happiness and very excited to see that as well and glad that we're able to do that for everybody and and on top of that it was still a great tag team match that the crowd was very into so our vip main event a grudge match of sorts project west facing his former friend to uh, this had been brewing for months as Project West turned his back, betrayed his friend DeShade, uh, and really the regulators um, after that uh, DeShade birthday bash debacle. Uh, so the tensions have been high between them. 
hot start by literally, you know, the shade coming out and attacking Wes right uh, at the very beginning, not even waiting for the bell to ring. Um, and they really brawled throughout that entire ring with tensions really high. Um, but the shade getting, I'm sorry. Yes. The shade. Uh, getting the win, um, so kind of getting his revenge on Project West after, you know, having that betrayal happen to him. Um, and, you know, for for that moment, it definitely felt good, I'm sure, to have that victory um, over over Project West. West obviously frustrated, um, but, you know, in the end, the shade winning we're going to talk more about them a little bit later on, but want to get your thoughts too, Greg, on this VIP main event. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it's, it's Shade has, has been very frustrated with Wes, and of course, Wes turned on him during the birthday party that Wes threw for him um, and back in September, and Shade does pick up the win. Um, only his second ever singles victory in IZW. First one coming in October at, at Cool Town Clash, and Picked it up and, and you know, West very frustrated because of the way he was rolled up for the pinfall, but attacking Shade after the match, eventually the regulators making their way out to save their partner. And yeah, it just seems like, you know, at the time you would think that there's a lot more to come. And there was a lot more to come for this, but not in a way that people would expect, but uh, obviously frustrating for West to, to lose. And West had been a thorn in the side. He's, they, they've been very vocal and everybody knows that, you know, to, to wrestle, you have to travel, and, and they've been traveling before, and, and even now in the travel circumstances, Wes has been doing everything possible to make Shade's life a living hell, continuing to talk about um, how he's not a real regulator, how he's glad that Wes lost, you know, or Shade lost to, to Charles Cash as a wrestle drag, just things like that, just really making his life a living hell, and, and Shade was able to get a measure of revenge here in the VIP match. So that concludes our VIP. I mean, that's why VIP tickets sell so quickly is you get three bonus matches on top of a full show. Uh, so, I, I mean, it's such a great deal. And like Greg said, already great attendance just for VIP. After VIP, we go into our main show. Our opening match for our main show was the ICW 3D Sports Fighting Championship match. Champion Jacob Austin Young faced a returning Gino Rivera. We haven't seen Gino in quite some time in ICW. And he returned to one of the toughest competitors in the entire company in Jacob Austin Young. Um, this was a, a gr incredibly technically sound match. You know, Gino is obviously a, a Great talker, uses his mouth a lot, sometimes more than he wrestles. But this was an opportunity to see Gino Rivera as a, a wrestler. Um, and you have to just see kind of the chemistry that he had with Jacob Austin Young. But also Jacob Austin Young really didn't underestimate Gino at any time. And that's something I think, too, that really um, was sound throughout this match is that at any point he didn't ever approach this as he was better than Gino or knew where his weakness was. He just ended up being so technically sound and just really looking at Gino as, you know, the experienced wrestler that he is. Jacob Austin Young getting the win and retaining the 3D Sports Fighting Championship. Afterwards, 
uh, he got on the mic. And one of the caveats to this championship is that matches are made by the champion. So not by Derek Montilla, not by anybody else in IZW. The champion makes the matches. So he uh, got on the mic and put out the challenge and declared that for Monster on February 24th, his next opponent would be Thugnificent. So we have that set up. Jacob Austin Young versus Thugnificent for the IZW 3D Sports Fighting Championship at Monster February 24th. And Thugnificent plays a, a large role in this match more than people think. It was the February event of this year in, in 2023, not your normal year for IZW and started off a very frustrating year despite how great it ended. Um, but it was very much um, a challenge where Gino Rivera was supposed to challenge Thugnificent for the IZW heavyweight championship in February, and that event wasn't able to happen due to the building issues that occurred back then. And Gino never got a title shot. And that's why Jacob chose Gino Rivera, because he felt as though Gino deserved his shot and he was going to write that wrong and give him his shot. And of course, Jacob had just recently wrestled Thugnificent to a time limit draw back at the King of Arizona event. Um, and everybody was waiting and said that, you know, the next time they fought, it would be for the 3D Sports Fighting Championship. So Jacob getting past a very tough Gino Rivera and then immediately naming Thugnificent as his challenger for February. Of course, Thugnificent won half of the tag team champions. So, um, which is one of the reasons why Jacob waited because he knew that they had a tag team title defense scheduled and he didn't want to ruin that out of respect for the champion. But, um, yeah, it, Jacob, you know, he's he's choosing to defend that championship against the toughest competition possible. Joe Graves, Gino Rivera, and now uh, the the man who held the IZW Heavyweight Championship for 785 days in Thugnificent. So he's putting it out there, and he, his goal was to, to raise that prestige of that title and establish it as, you know, one of the best in the area and equal to any top championship of any promotion. And he's well on his way of doing that, so... He, uh, you know, he, he's putting it out there, and we'll see that match in February. After that, we had a moment to acknowledge some of the veterans, uh, of course, in the audience, but on the IZW roster, like you mentioned, uh, Greg, uh, we honored um, Sean Christ, who's part of our commentary team, representing the U.S. Marine Corps, DeShade, who's a veteran of the United States Army, Mike G, as you mentioned, with the Marine Corps, and ended with Jordan Cruz uh, with the United States Marines. And that actually segued into his match with Lobo Locum, Loco Balaam. Uh, so one-on-one Jordan Cruz and Lobo Loco Balaam. Um, and two big up-and-comers um, in IZW both have a lot to prove. Um, and so a lot of of things, you know, kind of high in stake, especially I'm sure Commissioner Derek Montilla was kind of, you know, looking um, around, you know, Jordan Cruz had had an opportunity uh, already to face uh, Charles Cassius for the IZW uh, World Heavyweight Championship, lost that, but again, could be in contendership for some other titles or opportunities, Lobo Loco Balaam, um, previously teaming with the Navajo Warrior and kind of, you know, really making this a big impression in IZW this year. So two men who have a lot to prove heading into this match. 
a very interesting ending to this match as there was a double pinfall. Both shoulders were on the ground for both men at the pin. And so it ended in a draw. So we had no conclusive winner um, in this match. Uh, so that really left a lot of things up in the air. Uh you know, and that was up to the referee's decision. Both men, you know, trying to kind of plead their case, but ultimately the referee declared it a draw. So we had no winner. Uh, but after that match, we had Joe Graves come out. Um, and Joe actually came out directly to talk to Jordan Cruz. Uh, and you would think that, you know, Joe Graves and promos, Joe Graves doesn't go out and do promos. Joe Graves just goes out and tells you exactly what he's thinking. Um, anything that he's, that would be on his mind, he would say in front of five people in front of 500 people, it doesn't matter. And so Joe Graves came out really talking about the potential that he sees in, uh, Jordan Cruz and, uh, you know, really, I mean, earning his respect, which not a lot of people do, um, earn Joe Graves respect, but, uh, Jordan Cruz has earned his respect. Um, so before we jump into the rest of it, I do want to start there with the match between Jordan Cruz and Lobo, uh, local Lobo Lake Balaam, um, and Joe Graves coming out afterwards. Yeah, the 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 match between Lobo Local Balaam and Jordan Cruz was kind of dubbed that the match that you didn't know you needed to see, right? Both these guys are great competitors. Um, both of them have have had up and down success in IZW thus far, uh, picking up victories in multi man matches, situations like that, and that's how Jordan Cruz earned his title shot. But in one on one competition, neither has been able to score that one on one victory, and that remained the same. Um, with or maybe they both had a victory. I don't know, but that remained the same with this contest. And at the end, it was uh, you know the double pin, the frustration, and you saw the frustration, especially out of Jordan Cruz. Um, and and referee Ab Padilla was was you know somewhat in a rough spot, I think, with with Jordan Cruz. But uh, it was Joe Graves who came out surprisingly and really did lay it on the line, basically telling, you know, Jordan Cruz, like, there's a very real possibility you could be the IZW champion right now, but you're not. And and you you should have more victories and you don't. And you pushed me to the limit And when they wrestled back in August of 2022. And, and Joe obviously sees that and wants to instill that killer instinct into Jordan Cruz. But then, as I know you're going to share, had an opportunity to, to maybe do more than just talk about it. Yeah, so... Graves is the type of person that uh, he will walk the walk and talk the talk. So he actually put out an open challenge to anyone in the IZW locker room, pretty much to show Jordan Cruz how it's done. How do you get a victory? How do you become one of the top competitors in the company? And so Joe Graves put out the challenge and it was answered by big money clutch uh you know he came out talking about you know some of the the drama and heat that he has with chewy gonzalez but also knowing that in order to be the man you got to beat the man so in order to get on top you have to beat one of the best so he accepted the challenge from joe graves and there we had it our next match big money clutch versus graves two big dudes two dudes who have really a lot of history um 
with, you know, Arizona wrestling clutch mentioned, you know, the decade plus of experience that he has, but a lot of it started in Arizona graves being a staple of Arizona wrestling. Um, but you know, life has taken them in, in different directions wrestling wise to have them go one-on-one. Um, you know, clutch really did put Joe graves to the test, but at the end of the day, uh, graves went over, uh, via submission, uh, which is one of his specialties with that uh, jujitsu background on clutch and got to show Jordan Cruz exactly how you get over, how you are over by winning matches uh, and proving his point. And so when he, once he won, both Graves and Jordan Cruz left together, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah, it, it's a great match for both Clutch and Joe. Um Clutch really delivered big time in that match as well. He's, he's Clutch is a veteran of the ring and a big dude, and I think a lot of people overlook that sometimes. But he went toe-to-toe with Graves and um, I think put up a fight that, that Graves himself would definitely respect. But I think that point was made that Graves wanted to make Jordan Cruz and that killer instinct. And, yeah, they did leave together, and and I think you know Joe proved his point, and we'll see – what that means, uh, you know, we don't know what kind of conversations are being held privately. Can't imagine that it's just that was it, and they part ways. And and you know, there's got to be more to come. No, you know, Graves is a very calculated individual and doesn't take action without a reason. So uh, I think there'll be more to come from this, and I guess we'll have to wait and see. After that, we had our fearless leader commissioner Derek Montilla come into the ring after two years. So it's been officially two years since he's become IZW commissioner, which man time flies. Uh, but in his two years, a lot has changed. A lot has grown. Um, and there's been huge matchups and announcements and things that have come due to, um, the leadership of Derek Montilla. So to his credit, you know, it's a position he kind of fell into, but one that he has taken uh, charge of and has done a really great job of growing IZW. So that's why I had to ask him in ring, you know, what is next for IZW? He first alluded to something, you know, very interesting about how, you know, there's more to come. There's, you know, some changes. There's going to be some surprises coming, but he didn't elaborate on exactly what yet. Um, but he did announce at least some things for Monster, uh, was that G Sharp, Gregory Sharp will be making his IZW debut, as well as, uh, Marty Casaus, uh, is going to, Martin Casaus, or we know him as Marty the Moth, but Martin Casaus from Lucha Underground will also be making his debut, um, on February 24th at Monster. So two big signings and newcomers coming to Monster. Um, on February 24th. Um, he also then talked about the Monster Rumble. Um, and, you know, that is really the highlight of the show. And he mentions that he has signed someone else um, for the Monster Rumble. And out came Parada. Uh, Parada making his IZW debut, um, recently coming back into the world of wrestling after a two-plus year hiatus. Um, and so it was quite of a surprise to see Parada walk through an IZW uh, ring. I certainly did not expect it, but I was thrilled to see it. Um, and Parada really making his presence known. Um, and one thing that he wanted to do was hit the ground running. So he asked Commissioner Montilla 
um, not only, you know, to have him in Monster, but to put him as the number one entrant in Monster, which, of course, the commissioner agreed to. So that was a huge piece of news um, in that moment and in, in coming out of Red, White, and Bruises. We now know the very first entrant of Monster is going to be Parada. Parada is somebody that we have wanted to see in an IZW ring for a long time. And um, it's where he was in his career and what he wanted to do. That's just not where he was. And um, and those conversations go back a ways. And, and he had an opportunity to return. And he, he had a chance to wrestle at the last Wrestle Drag event back in October, which was his first match back. And then that uh, set him up to, to be ready and willing to come back to IZW. And obviously he wants to make that big splash. Um, it's not often that you can surprise everybody. And so when he got, when he came out and he got that reaction from the crowd, which was a great reaction and a great surprise for a lot of people, especially the, those hardcore fans that go to every single thing and have been going to all the different wrestling promotions for years, they've wanted to see Parada come back on a regular basis. And now they get that they get to see him in IZW. Um, they're very excited. He's very excited to be in IZW. We're excited to have him. I've tried to get him to be a surprise entrant in monster before wasn't able to pull that off. Unfortunately, uh, much to my disappointment, but now he's in monster. He's going to be entering number one in monster and uh, he's off to the races on his IZW career. So we'll yeah. see. He definitely is, is looking to make a statement that very first time out entering yeah. monster number one. And, you know, for those who had not seen him at Wrestle Drag, um, you know, this is a, a brand new Parada. So the Parada that left the Arizona wrestling scene a few years ago is not the Parada that's back. This Parada is more intense. He's more serious. He's really more um, set in himself. And this new direction that he's going in, you know, he's not trying to hide behind, you know, catchy music or fur coats. You know, he's really showing this different side of him that is more intense. And he's really going on this, you know, new course. Um, and he's going charter chartering into the unknown a little bit. Um, but, you know. The thing, too, about is the scene has changed so much since he's left. Um, so there's new wrestlers, new talent, new competition everywhere you go. But he's very determined to make his place and set himself apart from everybody else. And I don't know if there's any better way to do it than entering number one in Monster. So a very tall task ahead of him. But I think this is also a great way to, you know, Ride the tide, the test, you know, high, high seas, uh, captain, my captain, you know, <laughs> we will, we will, he will chart a new course. Um, I'm very excited to see what things hold for Parada in IZW. You know, it's not easy to even get in IZW. We get all kinds of requests. We get everybody trying to get on the cards, all of that. And when you do get a shot, that's what it is. It's a shot and, and it's not easy to. To work your way up, but there have been people that have done it. You look at Jacob Austin Young, who was a shot, and now he's a champion. And you look at, you know, even someone like a Thugnificent, and back on all the way back to 2019 when he started with IZW and Parada. I think, it, to his credit, has done his research and knows that, and so he's setting himself up. I and mean, if he enters Monster at number one, and he's there at the end, he wins. He's in the final four, whatever it is. I mean, that's a statement. And and that's getting yourself off to a good start and trying to jump to the front of the line because it's a very, very long and thick line that you got to make it through an IZW. So he knows it and he's ready. 
Up next, we have the first of our several or three, well, three other championship matches. Um, And that's the IZW World Tag Team Championships. This is the first time these belts are being defended. Uh, Your new champions, uh, the regulators, EJ Sparks and Thugnificent, face the very first ever IZW Tag Team Champions, Shannon and Shane, the Ballard brothers. So... The blast from the past, meeting the present and even the future of IZW, having those two uh, paths intersect, very, very interesting. And that really showed in the ring. Um, again, you have two very tight teams. People, you know, of course, the Ballard brothers are exactly that, a huge part of IZW history, the first ever IZW tag team champions coming back um, to try and take the, the new championships uh, away from EJ Sparks and Thugnificent. Um, again, the team of the Regulators really at its core, a, a band of brothers. Um, and very interesting spots in this match where you had, you know, moments where it really could have gone either way, moments where, you know, referee distraction outside things could have happened that really could have gone one way or another. But the regulators ended up winning and retaining the IZW uh, tag team championships. Before I go into what happened after the match, I do want to get your thoughts, Greg, on having the Ballard brothers come back uh, to IZW and the first uh, big title defense um, for EJ Sparks and Thugnificent of the world tag team titles. The Ballard brothers go, I think, go way back. And, and obviously they were in the original IZW like you talked about, and they were the first ever IZW tag team champions. They've had wars with the Navajo Warrior and and GQ Gallo at the time, and they had wars with Navajo Warrior and the Hawaiian Lion, and they've just gone all up and down the West Coast with and have just become you know they were staples of, of West Coast wrestling for years, and and when we we always talked about bringing them in when we had the first Grand Prix, we talked talked about should the Ballers be a part of it? We had the second Grand Prix to crown the tag team champs at Lion Classic. We thought about the Ballards, and this was really that perfect opportunity, right? You've got the the almost the modern day Ballards in EJ Sparks and Thugnificent. A little bit different because of the amount of single success that EJ Sparks and Thugnificent have had, but that there was no other choice to be the first challengers, and it was more, even though it was a match where anybody could have won, and the Ballards had their opportunities to win the match. This match was about more than just the first tag team title defense. It really was those two levels of history, which is so unique to IZW where you had this 10 year run of IZW and then this nine year hiatus before it comes back to, to really have that first time meets the second time in the ring. And it's the first tag champs of the return and the original tag champs and all of that. Um, it, it really was just a deep level of history that I don't even know that all the fans in attendance quite understood. And, and unless they were there, you know, way, way back in day one, but uh, just the amount of history that was in that match and the opportunity for EJ and, and Thugnificent to work that match and to wrestle the Ballards, um, another one of those only in IZW things. And thrilled for those four guys to be able to do that and share that bit of IZW history. And, and um, the thrilled for EJ Sparks and Thugnificent to get to kick off their title run in such a, a great manner with a historic tag team. And yeah, it was just something that yeah, was was an immediate thought when the opportunity arose and I'm glad that we were able to do it. And I appreciate the ballads for, for being able to, they don't wrestle much anymore. I mean, they, this is not something that they are doing on the regular and for them to come out and, 
you know, travel out back out to Arizona, travel back out to IZW and have this match with the regulators. Huge deal. Huge deal to me personally. Huge deal to, to, to Nav personally as well. And just super excited that we're able to do it and, and for the regulators to be able to be a part of it. Now, speaking of the regulators, a very interesting ha- thing happened after this match. So, uh, DeShade came out, uh, to celebrate with EJ Sparks and Thugnificent. Then you had Project West came out, uh, coming out too, to really talk some shit, uh, with EJ Sparks and Thugnificent and DeShade. Um, and, you know, you would think, well, what is, you know, do Project West have left to say? You know, DeShade beat him earlier in the night for VIP. The rest of the regulators have, you know, just completely washed their hands of Project West. But then something pretty shocking happened where DeShade attacked EJ Sparks and Thugnificent in that very ring. So then you had DeShade and Project West back on the same page, but now against their former friends, EJ Sparks and Thugnificent. So a huge kind of turn of the tide um, when you thought, you know, DeShade and Project West were no longer on the same page, especially after that big win from DeShade. They get back together uh, and now are going to, you know, seemingly attack and and, uh, put one over on their former friends, EJ Sparks and Thugnificent. Yeah, it was very, I mean, it's, and when you watch the video that circulated, um, Project West was done. Was he was done with with DeShade. He was done dealing with him. He had been trying to get through to him. Didn't want him at all. And DeShade, you know, knockout punch to EJ Sparks and, and the reaction of Thugnificent and how quickly it escalated and the low blow. And and Wes's reaction of shock as well. I mean, this was this was all shade. And and this is not you could tell that this was not a predetermined plan by them in any way. Um, it was shade finally deciding that, that he was buying into what, what Wes was saying and, and made up his mind that he did want to go separate from, from the regulators and yet nobody, nobody, I mean, you see the reaction of the crowd, just complete and utter shock. And, and, uh, another video that circulated just how emotional Thugnificent was after the fact you, you, you can hear, if you watch this video that to shade shared, um, you're sending everybody to intermission and, Magnificent is literally sitting up against the ring crying over the fact that DeShade did this because um, that's who'd been supporting DeShade since Project West turned on him. And yet he chose to, to go back up with the person who turned on him. So obviously we don't know DeShade's motivation in in doing this and we don't know what's next, but yeah, a, a shocking moment. And they took it to the regulators and, and have a, a lot of people upset with them. Not just EJ Sparks mom, but everybody. And uh and and yeah, it seems like there's gonna be hell to pay after that. There's been a lot a lot of back and forth on social media between all four of these guys since that took place. So a lot of drama. A, a real surprising turn to have uh DeShade turn his back on EJ and Thug and kind of align himself with Project West, but you know, Wes is now, you know, open to shade back with open arms as well. So it does look like, you know, maybe we do get the return of uh, affirmative action, which is their tag um, team. So, you know, it's some, some of those are the, the deepest cuts, you know, when friends who turn into family turn into enemies. So very interested to see where this goes with that. We are going to be taking a quick 
break before we get into the second half of the show we still got a lot to cover so make sure you jump right back in to this week's episode of the hashtag miranda show greg go ahead and let's pay some bills This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. We are back on this week's episode of the Hashtag Miranda Show. There's just a weird delay sometimes when I start. That's why I pause, but you don't know that, or maybe you do, but now you do, but that's fine. <laughs> the point is, we back. We back. Uh, we are on the second half of this week's edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show, where we are covering Impact Zone Wrestling, IZW's Red, White, and Bruise that happened this past Saturday, November 11th, at the Grand Avenue Pizza Company in Glendale, Arizona. We covered a whole lot of show for you, so for any reason you're just jumping in now, rewind and go back to the beginning so you can listen to everything that's happened so far. Once you do that, I want you to pick back up right here. So to go into the second half of the show, we start off with a match. AJ Hero versus Dallas King with special guest referee Pete the Heat. Yes, you heard me. Special guest referee Pete the Heat. Not sure how we got into this gig, but... Uh, Pete the Heat being the ever colorful character he is. He's been a coach. He's been a wrestler. He's a pool guy. He's a lot of things. Uh, is any of those great? Not so sure. Uh, but uh, he played his hand at being the special guest referee for AJ Hero and Dallas King. AJ now getting the hero back in his name. He used to be property of Final Destination, but he was let go, set free, however you want to call it. Um, during the last show, and so he's no longer property of Final Destination, meaning he gets his name back. So we get AJ Hero back. Dallas King um, off a big win during last show and uh, trying to keep the momentum up with such an up-and-comer and AJ Hero. Pete the Heat had some challenges uh, as a referee, very much involved in himself, uh, taking his time to do some counts, taking a phone call in the middle of the match. That brought out uh, senior referee uh, Scott Johnson and Commissioner Derek Montilla out. Neither of them were liking what they saw, so Derek took Pete the Heat out, put Scott in. Uh, Scott able to referee the rest of the match and Dallas clean King getting over uh, getting the win with a huge lariat to AJ hero um, afterwards, you know, Pete just upset, you know, for being uh, taken out of the, the match as special guest referee, but you know, can, can you blame Scott and Derek with the way that Pete was handling himself? Um, Absolutely no way an official should be carrying themselves in an IZW ring. Um, so Pete the Heat's uh, referee career um, also did a pretty quick three count that night. We hope so. That's for sure. I don't, I don't know what we're thinking. And having Pete the Heat referee a match. But 
Uh, yeah, who takes a phone call during a rally? I mean, I know it was supposedly his mom. I get that. But, like, who even has a cell phone on them during a wrestling match? So, yeah, very interesting situation. I can tell you that the arguing back and forth between Pete and Derek and Scott did not end after they went through the curtain. And and that continued to happen. And, and yeah, it, it, I, I do think Pete's refereeing career might be done. Um, we've had some some other special guest referees in ICW history. Pete might be at the bottom of the list of performances of those special guest referees and has seemingly drawn the ire of senior referee Scott Johnson. So, um, yeah, we'll see if Pete, you know, he'll don the trunks again. I don't know if he'll don the stripes again in IZW. So, but not to be taken away from all that was another big win for Dallas King, who has been on quite a roll recently. Um, Picking up victories. Uh, he also picked up a big victory back in September and and just continues to to rack up the wins here in IZW in, in very impressive fashion, too. So um and like you said, AJ Hero, the hero's back. Um Evan Daniels basically saying he's no longer property final destination and, and removing that layer from the rivalry with Charles Cassius and uh and, and he's making the most of it now, going on his way as AJ Hero. So um We'll see how he continues from there. But another big win for Dallas King. And um, we'll see what kind of problems are on the horizon for Scott Johnson and Pete the Heat. Mm-hmm. Up next, we have uh, really a match that has also been a few shows in the making. Jew Diz versus Honest John. Uh, last show, they brawled out into the Grand Avenue Pizza Company, and this time they faced each other one on one. Two men who've made a really big impression in IZW just this year. Um, and not only is this a personal heated rivalry, again, Commissioner Montia is always looking, there's always eyes seeing, you know, who's the next big opportunity going to. Um, and Honest John with the win um, and really making a statement uh, really to try and get, you know, his his time with you did kind of done. But also, I think, putting his name out there for some pretty big opportunities in 2024. Absolutely. Uh, Obviously, it's a big win for Honest John and he was able to thwart. The chair attack by Judiz. Judiz, this does go back. This, this, these two have been at it the entire year in IZW, going back to April at Eva Lives, where there was a three-way match for Derek's match of opportunity, and Judiz blaming Honest John for the fact that he didn't win the opportunity, which was, of course, a shot at the IZW Heavyweight Championship. Um, they, he attacked Honest John uh, after Honest John came after him at King of Arizona. They had the brawl that you talked about at uh, and back in September at the Lion Classic, and then here, finally, a decisive winner between the two. But what you don't realize, though, is that means that um, these two, along with Jordan Cruz, have literally competed in ICW for the entire year now. And uh, as Derek looked to make additions to the roster, these two, along with Jordan Cruz, have quietly become mainstays in IZW and, and a huge part of what we're doing. So, And we're very lucky to have uh, both of them. Of course, Jordan and, and Judiz debuting back in August of last year at Psycho Circus, but all three a major part of IZW. And, and the same with these two. And now we'll see what's next as 
you know, it was Honest John getting the victory. And, and so we'll see what's next for him up in Monster as well as Judiz because both will be there in February at Monster. And we'll see what Derek has in the cards for both individuals. But on this day, it was Honest John finally able to to, to right that ship and get that win over Judiz who would continue to just attack him and egg him on and do everything he can to be that thorn in his side. And, and he was able to pick up that victory and a great match between both of them and, and this placement on the card as well, you know, this high up on the card and um, right before the final two title matches of the night had the crowd and get, they got that. This is awesome chant from the crowd, um, which I know both appreciate the IZW family as well, but uh, they gave it back to him and delivered in a big way. Speaking of, we head into our semi-main event, um, our second to final uh, title match of the night, and that was the IZW World Women's Championship uh, champion Bryn Thorne facing Jamie Senegal. Um, Bryn off of a big win from Morgan at Cool Town Clash and now facing Jamie Lynn Senegal. Um, oh, incredibly, you know, a uh, cocky uh, competitor, someone who's very talented, um, but also someone who uh, can kind of flip a switch and go from technical to extreme at a flip of a hat. So you never quite know what you're going to get with Jamie Lynn Senegal. You never quite know which Jamie you're going to get in the ring, which adds a whole other complication to, you know, preparing for a match with her. But Bryn, um, came as prepared as possible and had a really heartfelt match uh, against her, ended up getting the win by submission um, and retaining um, the IZW World Women's Championship. A hell of a year for, for Bryn Thorne if you go back and look at it. She beats Jen Savani back in April. She beats Maserati in August, then on to to Rekka Tihaka, then Morgan, now Jamie Senegal. Like, just an amazing year of victories that she has racked up since winning the championship back at Psycho Circus. And, of course, she beat two people in November of last year. So just an insane year that she has had um, defending her championship in IZW, the longest reigning current champion in IZW as well. Um, and with Jamie Senegal, it, it's, you know, a very tough competitor known all over the all over the world. Jamie Senegal. And, and, you know, even this past week leading up to the event, she was in like six different States wrestling. And so to have her be able to come in IZW, which is something that we've wanted to do. She's wanted to do. Um, but also the way she was accepted by the IZW family. She's a very unique athlete. I think everybody knows that. And, uh, and, and one that we haven't had one of her kind that we haven't had in the ring at IZW previously. And she delivered in a huge way and the fans welcomed her with open arms. And that was great to see. And, and, just the IZW family, the locker room, everybody loved having her there. And it was just an amazing performance. Um, a lot of eyeballs bringing in Jamie Senegal and just a great win for Bryn. A uh, great way for her to cap off what's been, you know, a career year in the career of, of Bryn Thorne. Yeah, I think for Commissioner Montilla, it's going to be a tough test to figure out who's next. For Bren Thorne, you know, talk about the adage of Goldberg, who's next? Um, I think that same logic applies with Bren Thorne. Who's next for Bren Thorne? Uh, I think we will just have to wait and see what happens in 2024. That leads us to our main event. The Reckless Rules match for the IZW World Heavyweight Championship. Evan Daniels versus Charles Cassius. Friends, brothers, tag team partners 
very deeply rooted history between these two guys, things breaking down at the Lion Classic between them, where uh, Charles and Evan really, the schism happened. Um, And uh, the challenge was laid out uh, for Evan to, to to challenge Charles for the championship with the added adage uh, that if Charles loses the championship, he will quit pro wrestling. And this has not been just within IZW. This was not something that just happened overnight. This has been something he's been doing for months now that if he lost the championship or lost any championship at any time, he would quit pro wrestling. So that's carried through Wrestle Drag. That's carried through other shows. Um, so that's been big that Charles Cassius has remained undefeated this entire time. And, you know, really at the end of, of the last show, the Line Classic, it, it was really, you know, the best way to describe it, too, you know, is that there was going to be not only a loser in this match, but there was going to be heavy, heavy long-term implications, you know, whether it's retirement, whether it's the loss of a brother, whether, you know, it's the breakdown of a team, you know, the, the end of Final Destination. Like, it almost just felt like so much at stake between these two guys, and they know each other better than anyone else. And so, with the added stipulation of reckless rules, I mean, it really could have gone anywhere. It really just, there was so much, so much uh, going into this match. And the match itself didn't disappoint. We saw the use of chairs, kendo sticks, uh, doors, um, and a huge, huge surprise in the return of Bryce Saturn. Like, literally, people, like nobody knew that he was even in the state of Arizona when he came out. So a huge surprise when Bryce Saturn came out really to try and help Charles Cassius, but even a little bit of Evan Daniels, you know, trying to reason with Evan Daniels, you know, this is brother that, you know, does he really want to do this and, and really trying to help create peace between the two, but it was too far gone between the two, um, that even Bryce couldn't put things together, uh, again. Um, and, a, a huge, Surprise, I would say, at the end of the night where Evan Daniels won the IZW World Heavyweight Championship and he is your new champion. And then with that stipulation, Charles Cassius did hold up to what he said he was going to do um, and retired. Boots in the ring, gear in the ring, and officially, you know, has quit pro wrestling. Um, So we have a new champion, but we've now, you know, lost uh, the, the wrestling of Charles Cassius, seemingly the end of final destination. So in some ways, even though we know what happened, there's so many more questions and answers that I feel was left with this main event. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, Evan Daniels and Charles Cassius have been, you know, Charles was with us first in IZW. Evan did not come back until a year into IZW. He, he first appeared at NAF 30, um, when Navajo Warrior got to pick two people to wrestle in the VIP match, and he selected Tyler Cintron and Evan Daniels, and and Tyler Cintron actually won that match, um, and made it a big challenge for Evan Daniels, um, Evan winning Monster and challenging for the championship and all of that, 
and being in the final two of Monster twice, of course, King of Arizona. He's got it's so many accolades in a short period of time. But Charles and Evan have always been, whether they've been partners, whether they've been opponents, for the state of Arizona and, and surrounding, they've always been reliable performers. You could count on them, whether they were team, whether they were feuding. They were the brothers of wrestling. They were the agents of chaos. And, and every company that would come along would, would use them as building blocks for their organization. You know, AWF did it. Championship Wrestling from Arizona did it. Um, you know, Party Hard Wrestling did it. And, and, and we did too. Um, and to have them in this match at this time in their careers, very different than any other time in their careers. I mean, you're looking at, you know, prime Evan Daniels and prime Charles Cassius and uh, one on top of the world and one believing he should be on top of the world. And, and like you said, it was just, you know, I think it was bound to happen the way that Evan was feeling where he believed he was the best. And the only thing that he was lacking was the championship to show that he was the best and who had it, but, but Charles Cassius and, that really led to a lot of the rift and, and, you know, he delivered it. And it was Evan who challenged Charles to make it a reckless rules match, which is Charles signature match. And, and of course, Charles accepted, you know, why wouldn't he? Um, but yeah, Bryce center coming back, Bryce made the trip out because he wanted to be there for what could have been Charles Cash's last match. Um, no intention of getting involved was told, was told not to get involved specifically by Derek Montilla, you know, behind the scenes, which nobody knows about. And, and with, with Charles being handcuffed and, and Evan trying to attack him while he's handcuffed, I think there was just too much for Bryce to watch. And, uh, and unfortunately put him in a position to watch, you know, his trainer, his mentor be pinned one, two, three in the center of the ring and lose that championship. And then, like you said, you know, he had been saying all along, ever since he won the title, that if he lost the title before 800 days, before breaking Thugnifant's record, he would quit pro wrestling. But this match was actually an official stipulation of the match. He, he demanded that Derek put it. Derek didn't want to make it an official stipulation of the match, but Charles demanded it. If you want this match, it needs to be a stipulation of the match that if I lose, I retire. And he did. Um, Wrestle Drag has already had to change their main event for their next event in, in December because he was scheduled to defend the Wrestle Drag Championship, but he's no longer the Wrestle Drag Champion because he's retired. So, um, it's a historic night, but it's also changing the course of, of history as well for a lot of people in a lot of places. Um, but that's, you know, that's how he goes out. And, 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 you know, he is, he's been involved in the wrestling business for over a decade now. He's done a lot of great things and, and there's just so much you can say about both of uh, both people as I'll just kind of transition into that, as I'm sure you're going to ask. Um, for Evan, you know, been working his way up for, for three years in IZW, um, done everything ever asked of him and more and always delivered every single time, always delivered in a big way. You know, he even says himself like, uh, you know, it's the end of his, his tagline and his promos, main event Daniels always puts on a show and, and that's what he does. And he is, and he will tell you, and he's right. He, he's in the prime of his career right now and what he's doing and, and very deserving of being a champion anywhere, especially in IZW. And for Charles, I mean, to cap off a decade-long career that he should be very satisfied with, um, he's influenced so many people and had a tremendous impact on so many, uh, including us, including me, including uh, IZW and helping shape that landscape. So um, I know he's satisfied with it. It's got to be weird right now for him, just a few days removed, right in the middle of wrestle drag and everything else. But, um, you know, he deserves, he deserves all the love and respect that he's been getting over the past few days and should be very proud of what he's accomplished, not just on Saturday night, not just for four years in IZW, where he only lost two matches the entire four years of, of his entering career in IZW, but 
uh, just what he's accomplished over the past decade and what he's meant to so many people in so many organizations in the state of Arizona. Uh, he has impacted, I think, almost every single company in Arizona, save for maybe like two or three out of, you know, up to 10 that he probably wrestled for. So um, good on him. Uh, he deserves to be saluted for the job that he's done and the impact that he's made. Um, and it showed by the people who came back for for what could be his final match. Mm-hmm. You know, Bryce came back. Akira Gonzalez, who who people saw uh, come out there, and of course Damian Desire, one of his students was there. Uh, just just so much impact that he made was shown in that one night, and hopefully he felt that and knows that and sees that. But uh, you'll see him, you'll see him around, you'll see him doing different things. But in the ring, he's uh, he's calling it a career. Yeah. There was a, a heaviness, you know, after that. It was like the the air had been sucked out of the room um, after the end of the match. I think there was just so much shock and disbelief when it came to that entire match um, from the surprise of, of Bryce to Evan winning to the finality and the reality setting in of, you know, Charles uh, retiring. It was a lot to process. And I think fans left that, um, left with that. Um, there was a lot of fans, you know, greeting Charles and, and wanting to speak with him and thank him. And I've seen a lot of social media posts as well. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to process still. Um, and what a way to kind of end 2023 in IZW where, like I said, we have a, a new champion, um, but it feels like we have more questions. You know, what does this mean for Final Destination? You know, are we going to see Bryce again? I mean, he did, you know, lose a, a, le- a loser leaves town match, you know. So what is, is Bryce doing? Um, you know, what does this mean for Evan now that he is going to be champion, but he doesn't have his brother there, his 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 tag team partner, his friend. What does that mean, you know, for the rest of Final Destination? We saw Bryn Thorne come out um, at the end, too, to, you know, have those moments with Charles. You know, there's there's so many questions. And I think that's what we leave 2023 with um, in some ways. But also, I mean, this is now the era of Evans, you know, uh, of, of you know, Evan Daniels and, and the King of Arizona. So, I mean, like it is going to be something that we uh, see now. I mean, something too, a, a, a interesting moment in the match was Charles Cassius uh, just destroying the crown of Evan Daniels, um, telling him exactly what he thought of that, that title um, as far as, you know, the, the surname of King of Arizona, but now he is, has the title of champion. So, um, but you know, to your point too, something that Evan has worked incredibly hard to earn. So it is a well-deserved opportunity and title, but at what cost did it come with? And I think that's, will be interesting to see kind of these long-term effects, um, and how that may come through in 2024. It was announced by commissioner Derek Montilla, um, that, uh, during the show, as far as the uh, announcement of uh, Martin Casals, that he would face the winner of Evan Daniels and Charles Cassius. So we now know that Ev- uh, uh, Evan Daniels's first opponent um, is going to uh, for 2024 is going to be Martin Casals. So. That's also another tall order ahead of him, someone with the international, um, 
you know, prestige uh, and decades in wrestling is going to be his very first title defense uh, for the IZW World Heavyweight Championship. So, uh, you know, luckily he has time to recover because they both had a, a brutal match. Um, I saw Evan, you know, limping um, afterwards um, because of the brutality of it. So he has time to heal up, but he has a, a pretty big uh, first title defense coming up in February. Um, and like I said, to me, I feel like there's a lot more questions to be asked or, you know, so many questions that we want answered. But I think that leads to 2024. And hopefully we get some of those questions answered and we see what is in store uh, for IZW and especially this World Heavyweight Championship picture in 2024. But also to commend Charles Cassius on such um, a really impactful career and the people that he has influenced and trained and brought into the fold. Um, and he should be incredibly proud of what he's done and what he's accomplished. Um, and I know we'll still see his influence further down the line. So we'll see, you know, these shades of, of Charles and a lot of things that happen um, throughout Arizona wrestling. So that's is reassuring. Oh yeah. He, he's that impact influence is going to be there. He's not going to be competing in the ring, but he will definitely be around and be a part of what we do and what others do as well. Um, and, and has so much left to contribute to the business as a whole and, and what we do creatively and everywhere else. That'll be good. The mysteries, I think, I, you got to think Final Destination's probably done with at this point. It was started by those two, um, and and that was was there. Bryce Satter lost a loser leaves town match that he created back in April, and so mm. much so that he had to move across the country. Um, and and I know that when people saw him and you heard the screams of the audience when he came out there, um, I'm sure there's a certain level of excitement. But again, I got to remind everybody, Bryce Saturn lost a loser leaves town match. <laughs> And, and that means something. And, and that's, it's, you know, it does it put someone like, you know, Derek's job and, and Derek created that match because Bryce demanded it and Bryce wanted EJ to put his career on the line. And so Derek said, if he's going to do that, he's going to put Bryce's on the line as well. It was career in ICW. And, and, and as the commissioner, sometimes you have to make the unpopular decisions as well and the unpopular rulings as well. But um, I know that, that Derek's fully prepared to do that and, and continue to uphold the decisions that have been made in the past. Otherwise, where's the, where, where's the credibility? I don't so. know. Have you ever met commissioner Derek Montilla? He's a pretty creative dude, not I saying know. one thing I or know. another, but I just, I just Derek Montilla is always looking at things in various different lenses you know, I, I don't know. I feel like if never hey, say never with selfishly, Montier. I would love to have Bryce Saturn back in IZW and so would the fans. And so would, and I think, and that's true. I think that the fan reaction shows that there's a, there's still a demand for that. And you're absolutely right. You know, rules and stipulations are set there. Um, I, I, there's just something that's just something, you know, that's just, a lot of things are not sitting right with me, and I can't I get put that. my finger on it. There's, there's just too much, you know. But again, those, those are things that will, you know, those are twenty twenty four problems. Those are twenty twenty four problems. Those are twenty twenty four problems. Uh, very interesting to to see what comes up next. But that 
does it for our review of IZW Red, White, and Bruise, the final IZW show of uh, 2023. Greg, I just want to give you an opportunity to kind of talk about IZW in the year that was, because I know uh, this year has had some challenges, but has also turned out um, so wonderfully uh, with the things that, that did come into fruition. So really to kind of add a cap to this, give you the stage to talk about the year that was in 2023 for IZW. Well, I want to start off by just summing up what happened with Charles and Evan and, and where it was and with Charles, especially, um, you know, the last show of the year, the last match of the last show of the year is the last show the match of his career. Um, the, the last point about that was that it, it had to be Evan Daniels. If you really mm-hmm. think about it, like, you know, the last match of the Hawaiian Lions in ring career was against Navajo Warrior. Like it just had to be Evan Daniels uh, for it to make perfect sense. Uh, sure. It could have been a Bryce Saturn or it could have been an Arrestal Drag, which is a company he helped start. Or it could have been, you know, in a party hard, which we now know is is coming back. Like there's other situations. I mean, he, he you know one of the most decorated members of, of AWF ever. It could have happened there. Like, but, um, but it had to be, you know, it had to be Evan Daniels. And, and I'm proud to say that it was an IZW and, and that we were able to do that and trusted with such an important aspect of somebody's career. Um, I've had that a few times now in my life and it's just kind of crazy to think about and, and, you know, and fathom that people are like, yeah, you can do this. But, um, but it kind of had to be that and, and it puts things in the situation that they're in. Like I said before, the, the 2023 for IZW turned out to be a hell of a year. It really did. It didn't start that way. It, it, it sucked in the beginning because we had the venue for February and it got sold and it wasn't going to open till March. And, and for, we, we worked for 10 days. We worked so hard to try to find a new place for monster and could not secure a suitable location and eventually had to make that decision to, to punt off to April. And that was a shitty decision to have to make. And, and one that we hated making, but April delivered in a big way and you had, you know, crowning Jacob Austin Young, the new 3D sports fighting champion and Charles Cassius winning the heavyweight championship and then brought us into October, um, which was a very challenging event for a lot of reasons, but, you know, was huge in the career of Evan Daniels and, and a landmark win for Bryn Thorne over Maserati. And, and then, of course, the Lion Classic, which was a great crowd and, and, and uh, crowning those tag team champions, uh, as well as a great match with Charles Cassius and, um, and, and Jordan Cruz and the culmination of a year and a half long feud between Jacob Austin Young and Joe Graves um, and, and brought the Hawaiian Lion back and, of course, crowned EJ Sparks and Thugnificent. And then, of course, you look at October with, you know, damn near 600 people showing up for Cool Town Clash and, and what we accomplished there and bringing the Navajo Warrior home to to that location and, and Morgan getting her last shot at Bryn Thorne and, and tapping out there as well. And then, of course, you know, summing up the year with with Red, White, and Bruised. A lot of times in IZW, you always talk about how Monster sets the tone for the year and all of that, but... Last November, we, we, a lot of things continued after last November. It was a continuation of Jacob Austin Young versus Graves. And it was the, you know, the first time that we saw the 3D Sports Fighting Championship. And, and it was a cage match between the regulators and Final Destination. But that continued in April as well when Charles Cassius beat Thugnificent. So it wasn't really an ending point for anything. 
but this truly was the, the, the exclamation point on the year. And, um, some by design and some not by design. We ended a feud between Honest John and Judiz. And of course you had Charles Cassius and just, just so much that ended it. And even though the regulators continue on as tag champs, they beat the first ever tag champs, but now, um, the regulators in the form that we know them is no more. It's just so much. And Jacob Austin Young is, is firmly establishing that title. And, and Bryn Thorne is a landmark year in her career. So much coming out of 2023 is just amazing for IZW. And, and, you know, for the first time ever, we sold out every front row VIP ticket right there as soon as they went on sale. That's never happened before for us. So, so many great things coming out of this night. And man, I mean, we know that Jacob Boston Young is, is going to be challenged by Thignificent, and we know that Evan Daniels will be challenged by Martin Casals. But um, Monster's huge. Like, there's so many great things that are going to happen at Monster, and, and so many things that um, are going to surprise people, and, and, and directions will be set. And it's just like it always does. It sets the tone for the year, like you said. Uh, we've got this amazing new building that we get to use, and and great new talent. We announced at the event and you, you mentioned it there and we released it today on Tuesday on social media, G sharp making his debut in IZW and just a, a world-class competitor that everybody wants to wrestle. Um, so many people have, have stepped up to want to be his first opponent in IZW. Um, and we've got another return being announced soon. Uh, by the time you listen to this, that return might be announced. We got Parada coming in. Like it's just, so many great things and it's such a great direction. We've got the best locker room right now. The locker room is in such good shape and we've got the right combination of veterans and young talent and, and today's talent, tomorrow's talent. Um, it's just a great spot to be in independent wrestling and we're in high demand for talent, for fans and everybody. And, and as the guy, uh, one of the three people behind it all, I'm just super excited for where it's at and where it's headed to and, and just so indebted to everybody and the hard work that they put in like you and, and like everybody else. Um, good things are ahead. Good, really good things are ahead for us in IZW. So I, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled with how this event went. It's one of my favorite events that I've ever put on in terms of quality and, and, and just how it all came off. Um, and I'm really, really excited for what's next. And I'm super thrilled about having three months off with no event after going four straight months with one every month. But, um, but we're going to be coming out really, really strong at monster. I can tell you that. I, I, don't think I could sit a bit of myself um, as far as the full year and everything. So I think that's a beautiful note to leave off of on this week's uh, edition of the hashtag Miranda show. So thank you so much for everyone who listened. Thank you to everyone who attended uh, not only red, white and bruised, but any IZW event this year. Um, you truly make IZW what it is. We call it the IZW family for a reason and it's because of the amazing fans. So thank you to everyone who supported IZW. Don't forget your tickets for Monster February 24th at IZWTIX.com. You can support IZW as well by going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to get your very own IZW t-shirts. You can also visit 3D sports cards and collectibles to get some exclusive IZW merchandise that includes stickers, posters, the coloring book, uh, the hat, uh, t-shirts. Uh, there's a lot of great uh, items that you're not going to find anywhere else, literally anywhere else except 3D sports cards and collectibles. So make sure to stop by there sometime soon to get your items. And of course, in general, 
Don't forget to support your local independent wrestling promotion, whether it's purchasing an item, buying tickets to their show, following them on social media. You could spend as much or as little as you want. But again, independent wrestling is a lifeblood um, in so many places. It gives so many opportunities. It's where you could see the stars of tomorrow. You could see the stars of the past and everything in between. So make sure to support your local independent wrestling promotion in any way that you can. And while you're at it, go ahead and follow us on social media. Me, Miranda Morales. You can follow me at the hashtag Miranda on Instagram and Facebook. No Twitter, no X, whatever you want to call it. I ain't on it. But you can follow Greg on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Greg DeMarco 44 and the chair shot at chair shot media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Of course, IZW, you can follow at IZW Wrestling AZ on social media, and you can go to uh, IZWWrestlingEZ.com for information on the website. But again, social media is where it's at. That's where you're going to find talent and match announcements, um, information on discounts, and so much more. That does it. For this week's episode. Thank you so much all for listening. For Greg DeMarco, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you, and don't forget to always keep it soft style. A little less conversation, a little more action. All this Shake and bake on 45 Wrestling cause it feels alive Great memories and good, good times You said no to corporate America Give it up for your favorite character Commander Rambo with his headband done Club try to from here to England And when he's back in the shy He's gonna go to Maxwell Street Get on his bad side Hit you with the flying apple And you find yourself been beat Said shimmy, shimmy, Coco Puff Colts gonna wreck some stuff Better bring it, he'll sling it Everybody in the ring just sing and say